again this morning for giving us life, for having the opportunity to worship and praise you. We've come to your true room of grace to receive your word. Father, I pray that yes, I'm just a servant, so Holy Spirit, come and take control. Give me utterance. Prepare the hearts that will receive the word. Let us see a manifestation. And at the end of it all, give us testimonies to confirm your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please sit. Um, thank you, Pastor, for giving me your pulpit. Uh, I don't take it for granted. And uh, also for Mami, thank you. And also the dignity and dignity of the church. Thank you very much for your support. And uh, this morning, I, I practiced my French, so I think I'll, I'll, I'll do that again. Bonjour tout le monde. Ça va? Bien dormi? Okay, c'est un, un beau dimanche matin. Grâce à Dieu. So for those of you who didn't understand, I think I have to be fair. Because God is a, fair, is a fair God, so I have to say it in English. So all that I said is that, good morning to all of you. How are you? I hope you slept well. It's a very beautiful Sunday morning, and thanks be to God. That's all that I said. It's the favor of God. Now this phrase, the favor of God, is a very popular phrase. Very, very popular phrase. And... Uh, it goes, it is good. It is biblical, so it is good. But I believe that sometimes it is misunderstood. It is misunderstood. Let me give, uh, let me share an example. For example, if you have somebody who is in dire need of money to support a family in distress, so they bring, they take their television set and they bring it to sell. And for example, that television set probably is, uh, let's say, a thousand CDs. And because the person is in dying need, you go and purchase it for 50 CDs. Okay? And because the person is in dying need, so even giving you the television set is a problem, but they have to give it to you to collect the money. Then when you finish, you come and stand here, oh, praise the Lord. The favor of God was on me. Yesterday, I bought a television set for 50 CDs. Is that the favor of God? That is not the favor of God. So sometimes it is misunderstood. And the favor of God is not partial. God is not a partial God. So God does not say that you are a pastor and you are pastoring 500 sita church. So I give you favor. No. Or God says that you are an engineer, a very good engineer, so my favor is on you. No. The favor of God is not about partiality. It's not partial. But however, God favors his people. The favor of God is not love. Because God loves all of us the same way. It is also not grace because we are saved through the grace. We are saved by grace. Uh, we are saved through grace by faith. So it is not about grace. It is not also about blessing, though the favor of God blesses. So when you are blessed or when you have blessing, 
It is not the favor of God. You have done something to attract the favor which is bringing a blessing. You get it? So the favor of God is not blessing. It leads to blessing. Now, when we look at scripture, scripture presents a different understanding of the favor of God. And you find that everyone that was used by God in a scripture was used mightily by God experienced his favor. Every person who was used experienced his favor. So this morning, I have uh, titled my teaching, The Favor of God. The Favor of God. Now in Psalm 5, verse 12, it says, For you, O Jehovah, some, verses, some versions will say, For you, O God, who bless the righteous with favor, you will surround them as with a shield. So God is willing to bless the righteous and also protects us with a weapon of favor. When the favor of God is on you, as a person, you are secured and no, no enemy, nothing can come against you. No opposition can come against you. No anti-favor moves of any man can come against you. May the blessing of God locate you where you are. May the favor of God locate you and be a shield for you wherever you are. Amen. But uh, as Auntie Ifua will say, just tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you righteous? Because the word is for the righteous. The assurance there, there's a righteous there. Say, God will bless the righteous with favor. So, are you righteous? Neighbor, are you righteous? Yes, okay. For those of you, yes. For those of us who are not righteous, say, God, we repent to Okay. Now, let's look at the favor working in some characters in Scripture. Let's go to Daniel. And in, uh, when you look at Daniel first, Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, we see how Nebuchadnezzar, what he did. He took what many of Jerusalem's wisest people, and he didn't take only the wisest people. He took the beautiful ladies as well and took them to captive in Babylon. And if you read, you see that in verse 9, it says that, the Bible says that God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the Enoch. So I was asking myself, there were a lot of people who were taken into Babylon. So why is it that God brought favor to Daniel? Why Daniel? Because there were a lot of people. I don't think it was only Daniel. But why did God bring favor to Daniel? And as I was going through, I noticed that Daniel was firm in his religion. Daniel was firm. He had a strong moral conviction and stood for God. That is why the favor of God was on him. So it is not that because Daniel was among the wisest people, but it was because he had conviction for the things of God and he stood for God. And it did not end there. When you look at that same Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says that, And the four children, God gave knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. I said, wow. So, what we should have done when we were in school was to just seek the favor of God. And he would have given us all the knowledge and wisdom and everything. 
So I said, wow. Then something also just struck my mind. Daniel was one of the wisest men that went to Babylon. But still, God's favor was on him and gave him knowledge and skill. So it means that wherever you are, if you, are, you think you are the wisest person in the world, you are not done. God is not done with you yet. Because there's, say, even if you are the wisest, there's room for improvement. Okay, if you are knowledgeable, there's still room for improvement. There's still room for improvement because this is what God did to Daniel and the four, uh, sorry, and the three other people. And we know the three other people is who? Shadrach and Abednego. The other thing which I also noticed, the favor of God on Daniel translated into favor in the sight of men. So what happened in Daniel 2.48? The king himself, King Nebu himself, he made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Divine favor. Repeat after me. Divine favor. Divine favor. Now, I was also looking at the point that, okay, so what in the life of a person can we say that there's divine favor? God has given this person divine favor. What are some of the things that happen around us? And then I went into Esther. And Esther, we know the story about Esther. Esther 2. Somewhere around, if you read verse 15, get into the later part of verse 15. Esther 2, get into it. Say, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Now, she was selected among several other beautiful people who were in the harem. So, who, who qualified to be queens? Or who qualified to be the queen at that time? But Esther was selected. That was the favor of God on her. Divine favor. And God had a purpose because the Jews, there was possibility that they were going to be destroyed. So God had a purpose for her to come in as a queen so that she could stop that. So I said, okay, fine. And if you read further, 17, it said the king, what did the king? The king loved her so much, over all the women. And she found grace and favor with the king. And that is what divine favor from God does. It gives you favor. God will give you the favor, and then you find favor with men. And so when I looked at it, so when you are selected for something good, among many qualified people, you know the people, there are many qualified people, but you have been selected. That is the favor of God on you. Hallelujah. So, as I read this, then I also remembered, ah, okay, so at a point in time, the favor of God was on me. Because I was selected amongst a lot of people who were qualified, but I was selected. And it tells me a story, uh, when I started working as a young engineer from school, uh, from school I was working with the uh, Ghana National Petroleum uh, Company. 
Yes, and I had barely even finished my probation, and there was a trip to Houston, to the U.S. So, there were supposed to be four people selected, and we were about uh, 20 or so engineers in the company. So, for me, about fresh. I've not even finished my probation. So, who is going to select me for the trip? But the favor of God was there. So at the end of the day, four people come, and my name was there. And people were complaining. I didn't cause it, not me cause I'm. No. God's favor. So I was selected. Even one secretary came to me. He said, ah, but you, you just came here, and your name has been added. I said, what is your problem? You type the names. You will be asked to type the names, not to ask how the people were selected. So you type the names. So I ended up, even I remember at that time, I, I, my passport was even, I think my passport had expired. You know? So, but quickly I got people to help me. I got a new passport and I was on the trip. That is a sign of the favor of God. The other one is that when a man is chosen for a position he's not naturally qualified for, especially where there are people far better than you. And my mind goes to David. 1 Samuel 16, 11 to 13. Now, David was the most unqualified among his brothers. In the sight of men. In the sight of men, David was the most unqualified among his brothers. But the favor of God was on him. So, David, with the favor of God, now becomes a king, basically, on that route. Others would have rejected him anyway if the favor of God was not on him. He would have been rejected. Now, the third one, too, that I looked at, okay, David, when I looked at David, I said, why was the favor of God on David? I said, David... As far as David was concerned, David, all David's actions were for God. It was God alone and God alone. He gave all his things that he did to the glory of God. So, for David, it is God. So, God had, uh, he, he, it pleased him that all David did, he gave the glory to him. So, God's heart was after, after David. I said, oh, okay. Now, the other one too I saw, he said, when a man seeks the face of God in prayer and have all his requests granted, the favor of God is on you. You seek God in prayer, you have all your requests granted. We look at 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10. It's a very good example there, Jabesh. Jabesh, he prayed. And the Bible says, among all his brothers, he was the what? He was the most honorable person. And when he prayed, God granted all his requests. So, that is another sign that the favor of God is on you. The other one which also comes to mind, we see it in Acts. In Acts 9, 1 to 6. There's a man who was called, he initially was persecuting Christians, but called, God called him to do his job. And that is the favor of God on 
Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, one of the great apostles. And that is when you are called by God to do great work for God, when you don't even think about it. You were not even thinking about it. And that is um, the favor of God on you. And when I, I, I just, uh, yesterday I was at a, uh, a ceremony and the Catholic priest was preaching, talking about, it, it was similar to the favor of God on him. He was talking about he was running away from being a priest. So he was a teacher. And anywhere he goes to teach, when they share position, the position they gave him was chaplain. <laughs> was chaplain. And he went to about, he mentioned about five schools. When they have a first staff meeting, he said, oh, now we are a chaplain. You are the chaplain. So at the point, I realized that now I cannot run from God. I need to come and do his work. So the favor of God was upon him at that time. So the favor of God, it doesn't matter where you are in terms of location. It has no location. It doesn't matter whether your digital address is GE 12, 14, stroke 32, or NR, or BA, or whatever. No, it has nothing to do with location. Because it found Moses at the backside of the desert. This favor also found David, a shepherd boy. This favor found Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. And this favor will find you wherever you are. In the name of Jesus. It will find you in your offices. It will find you in your homes. It will find you in your businesses. It will find you in your shops. Now the beauty, the beauty of this is that there is no logic with the favor of God. It defies logic. The favor of God does not operate on logic. So it is not about I'm the next in line. No. That is not how it operates. You could be at the back. It will catapult you to the front. Receive that in Jesus' name. So it is not about logic. It is not about your next in line. It is about fulfilling the purpose of God. It is about fulfilling the purpose of God. If the favor has to come on you to, to fulfill a certain purpose of God, it will come on you and you will fulfill that purpose. Amen? So, like I said, it doesn't matter. It could, you could be in a multitude. If you look at uh, Mark 10, 46 to 52, the Bible says that Jesus came to Jericho, and as he was uh, going out, there was uh, a multitude following him. There was a multitude following Jesus. And I believe that in the multitude, all of them had their needs in the multitude. Everybody probably had their needs. But then, the favor of God found somebody, a blind man called Bartimaeus. And he was begging on the highway, and he received his sight. There were multitudes, but he found, the favor found one person, the blind man, and he received his sight. In John 5, 2-9, there was also a multitude by a pool of Bethsaida. And there was a man who had been there for 38 years. But the favor of God found him and he was healed. Now, I was, when I read this, I, I was asking myself, the pool, what was, what was happening at the pool? 
they said that they were waiting for angels to stare and then people would jump in. That means all the people at the pool needed some kind of healing, sort of. They needed some healing. So when Jesus went there, couldn't Jesus have said, all of you, you are healed. Get up and go. Because he did that for the ten lepers. Yeah. But at that time, when he went there, the favor of God just fell on the man who had an infirmary for 38 years. And that is what God did and healed him. So he went for that man, healed him, and then he left the place. There were several others. So, my prayer for you today is that may the divine favor single you out for your healing. May you receive your healing testimony in Jesus' mighty name. So that you can come and testify of God and testify of his favor. Amen. The favor of God touches so many spheres of our life. I mean, the healing part is one. And even healing, when you go back into, we look at uh, 2 Kings 5, 1 to 14, it talks about uh, somebody, a captain of the Syrian army called Naaman, who was healed. God had favor on him and he was healed. But what really intrigued me was what Jesus said in Luke 4 concerning this Naaman. And he said in Luke 4, 27, he said, there were many lepers in Samaria in time of Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So how many were cleansed? One. One, Naaman. The favor of God came on Naaman, and he had cleansing of his leprosy because the favor of God had located him. So he had cleansing of his leprosy. The other point is, you know, the, this God we serve is, um, uh, is an omnipotent God. So sometimes, even the favor, he shows favor to unbelievers. People who don't believe in him, he shows favor to them. I mean, a classic example was uh, Saul. Saul at that time was persecuting Christians. He didn't he wasn't a Christian, but he had a favor. And there's the, a story of a, um, um, there's a, a Muslim I attend full gospel with. Um, Gabi is my friend now. So he shares, when he shares his testimony, he was a Muslim, and he had gone through hell. He had, what happened was that the mother was married in a family where, you know, Muslims... They had, um, I think the father had three wives or so. And the mother was not giving birth. And the mother was afraid of inheritance. So the mother went to some malam or something and then conceived him. And the mother gave birth to him. So there was a spirit, this mami water spirit, basically. And when he said he started growing up, this spirit would come to him. And he would, um, he was really getting afraid. So they went back to the, 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 the juju man or whoever did it. And the man said, no, 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 that is your guiding angel. 
He's there to guide you. He said, okay. At that age, he said, okay, if it's my guardian, then fine. Then, he said when he was growing up and he started having, you know, interest in the opposite sex, then Wahala come. The spirit came him well, 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 well. The spirit apparently was a lady. So, there was some small jealousy. The spirit came him well, 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 well. He said, ah, this is... <laughs> It's not a small jealousy. <laughs> uh, so the spirit came him was ah. Then he began to understand. They went back to the juju man, no solution. And he said it was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, he went. He's from uh, originally from Sierra Leone. He went as far as Mali. He went to you know big, 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 big places to look for medicine, and he could not get any solution. And he says that. What surprised him was that um, he had not then told his Muslim community what was happening to him. So when he came back after all those places, the spirit was still coming. So he went to the imam or whatever, and they mixed some concussion for him to drink. So he said the first day when he drank the concussion, the spirit did not come. So he said, oh, okay, maybe this thing is working. Then second day he drank it, then the spirit came and said, hey, this one here is a problem. So he was so fed up. And unfortunately, the man who had done the thing, the man had passed away. So now he didn't even know where to go again. So he said he was contemplating to kill himself, actually. He was contemplating to kill himself. So he was sitting at his door, and uh, there was uh, this lady who had been coming to invite him to church, to church, but... He didn't want to go. So, as he was sitting there contemplating what to drink to die, whether he should drink rat poison or uh, get some uh, tramadol tablets or whatever. So, as he was sitting there, the lady came. He said, oh, we are having this, you know, um, we're having a program in church. So, if you could pass by. Then, as he sat there, he said, well, what do I lose? I've gone all around. I'm not getting any. That's the only place left. So I should go. So he went. Then he said that night, the spirit was so angry. That night, when he went for the program, because when he went to Mali and those places, the spirit was not that angry. So when he went there and he came back, the spirit was so angry and beat him well, 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 well. So that is then he said, ah, there is power there. So he went to uh, told the pastor. The pastor says, okay, fine. You can come and sleep here. We are going to do prayer and fasting for you. you if you want to join, fine, but we'll do it for you. And then they, he moved to the church premises. They did the prayer and fasting, I think seven days or something. And he said the last day, he said when they started the prayer and fasting, now there was a big river between him and the spirit. So the spirit was, anytime the spirit is trying to cross, the spirit cannot cross. Spirit, the, the water becomes, the spirit cannot cross. But on the seventh day, the spirit tried and crossed. But what happened was that when the spirit crossed, then he saw uh, like a wind, the spirit of God lifted him up higher on a tree. And then this spirit, my water spirit, followed on a tree. But then the spirit of God 
brought him down and immediately set a huge fire to the tree and consumed the evil spirit. Hallelujah. So he woke up and that was it. And then the spirit never came. The spirit never came. So he went to the imam and said, I finished with you guys. I'm no more a Muslim. <laughs> so he's not, and he's, he's, he's a very radical Christian. Sometimes I even scare for him. But when you see on Facebook, he's all over with the Muslim scholars and challenging them, and I fear for him. But that is the radical. He took the Muslim radical, he's brought it to Christian radical. So he's very, very radical. But he's, he, he, that is what God does. So he can give healing to people who are not even Christians. How much more us as Christians? Now when divine favor or favor of God comes to you, I, I said it can give you medical um, responses. It can also give you prosperity. When the Lord decides to favor you, can pick you out and one contract, boom, prosperity. That is what the divine favor does. And when divine favor comes on you, whether you like it, it says, I'm giving you prosperity. Whether you like it or not, you'll be prosperous. Amen? Whether you like it or not, you'll be prosperous. Because that is what it is. And it is for a purpose. When it comes and it's making you prosperous, it is for a purpose. Because God has a purpose for your prosperity. So that is why the divine favor will come and make you prosperous. Now, in Luke 5, 1 to 7, the account is said, Jesus was preaching by the seaside, and then when he got there, he saw two boats. Were names written on the boat? No. But whose boat did he jump in? Peter. So why did he jump in Peter's boat? How come he jumped on Peter's boat? He said, divine favor. At that time, divine favor had located Peter. So Jesus went into Peter's boat. Because there were no names on the boat. He could have gone into the other person's boat, but he went into Peter's boat because there was a purpose on the life of Peter. So divine favor found him and Jesus went into Peter's boat. We also see in Samuel, 1 Samuel 1, 9 to 20, the, the story about Hannah and Hannah was barren in the morning. I said, whether I, I want to call her the other woman, whether it's her rival or her enemy or whatever, somebody. But she was mocking her because she didn't have a child. But when divine favor located her, she had a baby to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I, 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 was, I was trying to, because the, the rival was mocking at her, I, uh, the Bible, Bible account does not tell us what happened after she had a baby. What kind of relationship she had with her rival. <laughs> but it would have been interesting to see. But there's something definitely that will not happen. She cannot laugh at her again. Yeah, so when divine favor locates you, all those who have been laughing against you will begin to laugh with you. Instead of laughing against you, they begin to laugh with you in Jesus' mighty name. 
In Proverbs 18.22, the Bible says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So for those with no husbands, you will get husband in the name of Jesus. Because you need favor. You need the favor of God. But let me also throw caution. <laughs> Don't say that Mr. Osu says if I marry, I'll find favor. So if you are not ready, you are going to marry. Please. Amen. <laughs> so make sure you are ready before you go. But if you do that, the Bible says that you have favor from God. Then uh, this morning I was also talking that when I read it, and he said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Then uh, Madame Jezebel came to my mind. Was there a good thing? <laughs> Was there a good thing <laughs> to Ahab? And then, so, but I believe that we don't have any Jezebel spirits in our midst here. Everybody is righteous and clean. So we, don't have a, we don't want any Jezebel spirit. Yeah, so we, all the women we find here are a good thing. Amen. Then we have Joseph. Joseph, the favor was on Joseph that his own was manifold, many, manifold. Because when it comes to, you don't see uh, the Bible talking about his, that he was sick, he had prosperity, he had everything. So his own was many, many, manifold. He had a, a family, he had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, he was prosperous. And everything. He was, uh, I mean, the position, a prime minister, he had wisdom. So, Joseph's favor, the favor of God on Joseph was manifold. But he, there was a purpose why God made him that way. Because of the famine that was coming and what he was going to be a messiah for the people, for his people. So, he had many blessings materially and everything. His family was a, a peaceful home and there was harmony in the house. But one other thing which you need to also take into cognizance is that when you have the favor of God on you, that is when you need to be steady. Because that is when the enemies will attack you more. Because there is a purpose for God giving you the favor the enemy would want to block it. So, when you have the favor and the blessings are coming, don't boast in the blessings and lose God. Otherwise, I did a favor all time. So, you know, you need to be steady because your enemies will rise up. Now, we saw it in David found favor. What happened to David? The boy was despised. By his relatives, because no one, no one thought that David, a shepherd boy, you know, would rise up and become a king one day. So, they were all, if they had said that, I'm sure if those days there was voting, they said they should vote. Maybe, maybe he would get maybe one vote. He, his only vote. He would vote for himself. He's not going to get any vote because he wasn't qualified among the people. But, what do we see? He became a celebrated person and we continue talking about David as of today. Now, okay, we've talked, we've looked at characters where the favor of God was working in them. So, the question is, how can we attract the favor of God 
how can we attract the favor of God? There are certain things that when you do, it attracts the favor of God. And there are certain things when you do, it also uh, takes the favor of God away from you. So as I was looking at this, I realized that uh, Pastor had, uh, in the previous weeks, been talking about three altars. Three altars that we need to build. And I realized that those three altars were part of the things that attracts the favor of God. It attracts the favor of God. And the first one I want to talk about is prayer. Now, prayer remains one of the most effective keys that will unlock the favor of the door of favor on you. And when we look at uh, Job, Job 33, 26, he said, He shall pray to God and he will delight in him. He shall see his face with joy. He restores to, he restores, for he restores to man his righteousness. If you look at other versions, he says, He shall pray unto God and he will be favorable unto him and he shall see his face with joy for he will render unto man his righteousness. So prayer is one of the keys that would unlock the door of favor. We saw it, Esther prayed. She found favor before the king. We saw it, Nehemiah prayed when he wanted to build the walls of Jerusalem. We saw it, and, he found, and even Jabesh, um, I just talked about in, in 1 Chronicles 4. He prayed, and God granted him all his wishes. The thing about prayer is that when we are praying, we are laying hold of God's promises in his words. And it has to come to pass. Because that is what he has said. So it has to come to pass. So once you pray and you lay hold on these promises, the door of favor has to open. Because that is the word of God. And he says, so he says that by his stripes, we are healed. So when you pray and you pray, continue praying, praying, the Lord's favor will locate you. And then you receive your healing in Jesus' name. The other one which also ties into the altar is also about giving. It's about giving. So giving also opens the door of favor. We saw it. There are two widows in the Bible. The widow of the Zarephath, Zarephath and the Shunanite woman. They received divine favor because, you know, the, the lady, the widow, she had her last meal to eat and die. But she gave it to the prophet. She sacrificed and gave it to the prophet. And divine favor was on her that she had so much to eat until the famine was over. So, um, the, the favorite, <laughs> the favorite verse Malachi 3, after Malachi 3, 8, when you start talking about it, then you have issues. <laughs> but that is the word of God. Malachi 3, 8 to about 12, it says that when we give faithfully in our tithes and offering, what will happen? The windows of heaven will open. And the Lord will devour the devourer for us. And if the Lord is devouring your devourer for you and the windows of heaven, is that not the favor of God? Is that not the favor of God? That is the favor of God. 
So it's about giving. Giving our resources, both our effort and our finances to the kingdom of God. And also faithfulness in the service of God. If you are faithful towards the things of God, you do the work of God, you will enjoy the divine favor. Noah is one. Noah was faithful towards the things of God. And Noah enjoyed the divine favor of God. So I saw these three things that pastor had preached, these altars also as some of the things that would open up the favor of God on your life. There are others I would also share with you. Uh, the, the, the other one was keeping the commandment of the Lord. In Proverbs 3, 1 to 4, Proverbs 3, 1 to 4, says, My son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. So shalt thou find what? Favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So when we keep the commandments of God, when we obey, we will find favor. If we disobey, then the favor will leave you. We see it in 1 Samuel 15, uh, 19 to 24. Saul. Saul had the favor of God on him when he was king. But when he started disobeying God, what happened? It left him and God gave another king to the Israelites. So obedience is also key to have the favor of God. Now, if we also seek and find God's wisdom, we would have favor. So we seek and find God's wisdom, we would have favor. And this, we can see it in Proverbs 8.35. It says, For whosoever findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of God. So when we seek the wisdom of God, we would have life, and then we would also obtain the favor of the Lord. The other point is also diligently seeking to do good. Diligently seeking to do good. So we need to diligently, diligently seek to do good. Proverbs eleven twenty seven: He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. So please, if you are sowing seeds of wickedness, then you are probably shutting off the door to God's favor on your life. So we see it in Judges 1, 5 to 7. There was a king called Adoni Bezek. And he was cutting fingers and toes of kings that he was capturing. Capture you, he will cut your finger and your toes. Such a wicked man. So when he was also caught, his fingers and toes were cut. <laughs> yeah. So, those of us, let's be careful. If you go and say untruth things about people and hurt them, you will get it back. So, let's, let's be careful. We need to make sure we are seeking good 
And also, we need to live a righteous life. I think I said it in Psalm 5, verse 12, that it says the righteous, God will bless the righteous. And this is re-echoed in Proverbs 14, 19. It says, fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous, there is favor. Among the righteous, there is favor. So we need to lead a righteous life to obtain the favor of God. The other point I want to also talk about is our attitude. We don't need to be proud. We need to lead a humble life. And like in the morning I said, let's look at Satan, who is worrying us now, worrying us. (laughs) Satan, where was Satan before he became Satan? (laughs) Where was he? He was in heaven. He was an anointed cherub at the throne of God. He lost this high place because of pride. So we need to be humble to receive the favor of God. If we are too proud, we will not receive the favor of God. Naaman even was losing this favor, but he now began to humble himself and then receive the favor of God. Now, every saint of God, every Christian should desire to seek the favor of God. Every Christian or every saint should decide to see the favor of God. And we can grow in this favor if we practice these things that I have mentioned. Uh, the altars, Pastor talked about those three things and all the other things. We can grow in our favor and get closer, draw closer to God. We will come to dwell in his favor And his favor will be our life. If you look at Psalm 30 verse 5, it says, For his anger endured but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So it means that even if the favor of the Lord is on you, it doesn't mean everything is going to be rosy. You will still have bumps here and there. We saw it. uh, A classical example is Job. Job had all these issues. But does that mean that the favor of God was not on Job? No. The favor of God was on Job. But he still went through certain challenges. So if we are going through challenges, it doesn't mean that the favor of God has left us. We just need to make sure that we dwell in his presence. We dwell in his presence and we would have favor. Now, Time up. Okay, I'll finish right now. (laughs) So if everything is going well for you right now, thank God. But the reason why this is going well is not your own effort. It is the favor of God that has located you and has translated that into blessings for you. So please, Keep walking in the faith and remain in his favor. And this morning, I was talking about that I, I'm having some challenges with some of my colleagues who are in the so-called developed world. I mean, especially the U.S. I don't know what happens there also. I don't know whether it's the beggar or... Yeah, because 
Some of them, when we were in school, we were all going for Christian fellowship and that, and some of them were, you know. Now, the people don't want to even believe in God. So I don't know whether it's the beggar, maybe some mad cow. <laughs> I don't know whether it's the beggar or the milk. It's, it's amazing. And sometimes, I mean, yes, they, they make it, they don't state it, but you see the argument they make. It's like there's no God. And everything that they have achieved is their own effort. But as Christians, and as we have said, it is not, we know it is not our own doing. Yes, even the wisdom is God. The favor of God comes to us and gives us wisdom to do some of the things that we do. So, please, when you start having the blessings, don't stop doing what attracted the favor to give you the blessing. Otherwise, the fever will go. So continue walking in the faith and remain in the faith. However, if you have problems, you are stuck, maybe you have issues at home, marital problems here and there, fighting here, if you have marital problems, you should have been Friday, you should have been at the, at the program. That would solve it one time. Tak tak. Okay. But your, the favor of God would have been on you, I, I bet you. So those of you who were not there, please. Worship. Uh, worship. I saw that worship was going on till Saturday evening. Okay. So if you are in that kind of problem, it's not yet late. The favor of God is still there. If you are in any abusive relationship or any job, whatever, whatever problems, the favor is still there. Never stop looking for it. The favor of God does not know circumstances. It doesn't know circumstances. It just needs to locate you and track you down and bless you in the hardest of times. So never, whatever situation you are in, never forget that the favor of God is still there and it can track you and give you whatever blessings. Amen. Amen. So that is the end of my sermon.